Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. NFL Draft Recap with Corey Wooten right here on Believe in Bears coming up in 30 seconds. But first, let's talk about our sponsor, BetOnline.ag. It's your number one source for all your basketball info, and the NBA playoffs is here. It is your sports information headquarters this season because we've got you covered for all your sports, not just basketball, but MLB, NHL hockey, right down to UFC and boxing. It's the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info. So what are you waiting for? Head over to the website today, or you can even use your mobile device to get in on the action. And make sure you use the promo code BLEAV, B-L-E-A-V, to get that 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit bet online where the game starts ladies and gentlemen thank you so much for coming to the show it is believe in bears my name is joey christopoulos you can check us out on sirius xm anywhere you get your podcast right here on youtube the believe podcast network and also now our presenting home of sports talk chicago let's bring in our, co- our co-host here he's going to talk about the nfl draft it's former bears defensive end chgo's very own fox 32's very own west end golf club's very own Corey wooten what's up Corey? Love all the titles, man. Great, great weekend. The draft was finally here. It happened. Uh, we're going to get into the picks a little bit, but uh, it was a great weekend doing stuff with CHGO this weekend at Joe's Bar, Weed Street. I told you I hadn't been there since college, probably 07. So it's been a while, man. Very versatile space, and uh, all the fans were great, and it was great to, to see the actual draft picks, see the plan in place for Poles and Company and how they're going to build this Bears roster. Yeah, I haven't been to Joe's and Wheat Street in a long time. Uh, it's back when a place where I used to do some wrong. I would do some <laughs> wrong from time to time. It's a very versatile place that has a lot of different areas for fun. But this is one of my favorite kind of episodes, Corey, because this is definitely Corey's class and session. I am here today, and I think everyone watching this show today is to definitely learn about some of these prospects. Because let's be honest, I try to do a bunch of tape. I try to do as much as I can. But look, I don't know who Tyreek Stevenson is, right? I'm not going to pretend to know who he is, but we're going to learn a little bit about today. Mm-hmm. So if it's cool, I want to kind of go day one, day two, day three. So let's Perfect. just start let's with day one right here. The Chicago Bears, as we all know, had the number nine pick after trading the number one pick in the draft. At number nine, they end up trading back, passing on a guy that I think a lot of Bears fans were talking about and debating, Jalen Carter. Yep. Moved back one to number 10 to take right tackle, Darnell Wright out of Tennessee. Corey, just your thoughts on... The machination of them making that trade. Did you like that? And let's get into the player, Darn Albright. I, I love the trade because honestly, I think Jalen Carter, Philly is the best situation for him. You look at their roster, they have veteran leadership, Brandon Graham, Fletcher Cox. And then he also has Jordan Davis, who got drafted last year, was a teammate of his at Georgia, and Nola Smith as well. So he's going to have a lot of good people in that locker room. They have that veteran leadership. And they're looking for somebody like Brandon Graham or Fletcher Cox to kind of show him the way and how to be a pro. So Philly can take a chance on him. Chicago really had to get things right the way they're trying to rebuild this roster. I think that's the perfect fit for him. And I think he'll turn out really well in Philly with their situation. But back to the Bears, I think Darnell Wright was perfect because like we were talking about in the previous pods, I thought they felt really good about Braxton Jones at left tackle. So that's why I thought whoever this pick was, was going to be a right tackle. And Darnell Wright played right tackle all this season. He did really well. He locked down Will Anderson. He didn't allow a sack. Only a few handful of pressures here and there. Uh, Super athletic. His sets are unbelievable. He plays with nastiness. He has the strength. He's like a savvy offensive lineman. If someone tries to give him a long arm, he'll stab it down, go on top of them. Uh, Mm -hmm. You know, somebody's going to swipe his hands. He he acts like he's going to give him his hands, pulls him back, latches on. Uh, he reminds me a lot of Trent Williams, the talented Pro Bowl uh, tackle, Yeah. except he's on the right side. But the athleticism is unbelievable. When he pulls, when he moves in space, his sets, nobody's beating him to the spot. Nobody's bullying him. Uh, 
I said this on CHGO and, and a lot of people thought it was controversial, but I think he will be a pro bowl caliber player in his first year. I really do. Wow. I believe in that. Um, I, I think he's perfect for this scheme and uh, especially playing the right tackle position. Usually right tackles are limited uh, with their mobility. Um, they're usually always strong, but he has feet like a left tackle. He probably could play on the left side if he wanted to. I think he did in the years prior. But unbelievable athleticism for a right tackle. He's nasty. He's old school. So they got two offensive linemen that are like the old school type players, him and Tevin Jenkins. So and Nate Davis as well is 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 another old school type of player. So I'm so excited about that pick. You solidify the offensive line, like I talked about. You got the the weapons at receiver. Uh you got DJ Moore as the number one. You got Claypool Mooney. And then one of my one of my favorites we'll talk about later is Tyler Scott. I think he's gonna be very underrated i think he's going to be the steal of the draft but um really love the pick in, in darnell right i think he's going to be a bright spot you got two young tackles uh him and braxton jones just hoping braxton jones got stronger because that was the kind of only thing that he really needed to improve on darnell right six five and some change right 330 pounds uh you got a chance to check out some of his interviews over the weekend um kind of a cool personality um, exactly. I, and I like it a little bit of an attitude. I think he's got an opportunity in the coming years too. as you said, with two young tackles, those are definitely foundation pieces. Hopefully he can become a leader on that line as the years go on. And then all of a sudden, man, you've really got a foundation there on that front of the line. The other part that I liked a whole lot, Corey was, I think we'll be able to debate till the end of time, how the Chicago bears felt about Jalen Carter, you know, whether he was on the board, whether he wasn't or not. But what I think in my estimation happened was I don't think that they were taking him. But I do think that they called the Philadelphia Eagles and said, well, we're going to take him. You know, what would it take? And I, I think the negotiation probably happened really quickly where the Eagles said, yeah. all right, well, we'll just toss you that fourth round pick. We'll make something happen. Keep in mind that the Chicago Bears ended up moving up to 56 with a fourth round pick that they got from the Robert Quinn trade from the Eagles the year before. So I do like that. It, it was just smart, right? Like, even if you're not going to take a certain player, you can still get a draft pick for the guy that you aren't even going to take and then get the guy that you wanted all along. I just thought that, again, that was really savvy, uh, creative maneuvering by Ryan Poles. And now they have a guy who is right tackle, Corey. And look, you're, you're former Chicago Bear. You know this. How many times? And we've seen it with Tevin Jenkins. Tevin Jenkins got drafted. Well, can he play left tackle? No, let's start him at right tackle. No, actually, let's bounce him into guard. Now is he possibly going to be left guard this year? We've seen this with Kyle Long switching positions. You know, I, I understand that you guys are professional athletes, but that's got to be difficult, right? Where Darnell Wright is just going to be a right tackle, set it, forget it, put him over there to protect Justin Fields, and here we go. It's good to have that plug and play. He he is ready, and like I said, he has the athleticism of a left tackle, which is going to be an incredible thing because now in the league, you should just be the most talented pass rusher, played on the QB's blind side, going against the left tackle. Now you see a lot of times Reddick, arguably one of the best pass rushers in the league, he rushes from the left side. So a lot of the really talented pass rushers are now rushing from that left side again. So basically you have to have two really locked down tackles and I'm glad that they drafted right. And Will Anderson, who's been arguably our favorite defensive lineman coming out of this draft said, hands down, Darnell Wright was the best tackle he played against all year. So I think that's the, the proof is in the pudding. He is the pick. He's nasty. He has the footwork. He's just going to continue to improve. Um, I think he hasn't even scratched the surface of what he can be. Uh, I really love this pick from Poles right here. Yeah, and Chicago Bears fans, keep in mind, this might be a little new to us, but starting last year, you know, Justin Fields opposing players speaking highly of him, 
publicly. Again, another great player speaking highly about a Chicago Bears player that we have just drafted. My final one for you on Darnell Wright, and then maybe we'll move on to day two if you're ready, was you know, the the general, I think the very broad swath consensus out there right now is that Darnell Wright was the bas- best pass-protecting tackle coming out of this draft. Yeah. And then he actually had some work to do in the run game, which I found kind of interesting. That feels like a reverse engineer a little bit of yeah. what you see from a lot of uh, offensive linemen that come out of college. Can you talk a little bit about, yeah. you know, what you saw on tape with Darnell yeah. Wright, specifically with that, and how he's going to pair with Nate Davis on the right guard yeah. side, which we're assuming he's going to be the right guard because he's typically a run a road grader on the run game. How is that tandem going to pair on the right side, in your opinion? Uh, I think it's going to be great. And, and the criticism of him in the run game – Tennessee runs kind of like a unique kind of offense, right? They run a lot of zone reads. So it's not a lot of true uh, zone blocks here and there. It's kind of where you leave the last uh, line of defense. But the plays where it was nitty-gritty, time to get a first down, he's got a down block, he's got a reach, he's got a cutoff. I mean, the athleticism was there, the strength was there, that was nasty. Uh, Me and Adam Hogue uh, broke down a couple plays where one where he had got beat inside uh, on on a running play and uh, his defender made the tackle. The next play, he put that uh, defender all the way to the other side of the field. So I think that speaks of how he responds, how nasty he is. So I think he's the complete package. And when you look at this, right, I kind of thought to myself, polls is like this. Justin Fields is not my guy, right? He had a great season, but I have to give him all the tools, right? I had to get the number one receiver. I got I to gotta get Nate Davis. You know, we're going to move white hair to center. I got to get him this right tackle. I'm going to add another uh, receiver in Tyler Scott for him. I have to put all the pieces together for him to see what I can have, right? Because I, we have two first-round picks next year, and guess who's coming out? Arguably the hottest prospect in 20-something years, looks you know, really Caleb good. Williams. So good. he has to know everything he has from, from Justin Fields. There can't be any excuses. Well, we didn't have this solidified or this. You're putting the pieces in the puzzle for him. And I think he'll have a great season. There's no doubt in my mind. But I think Pohl's mindset is we have to know everything we have from Justin Fields this season right here. Yeah, I think that's going to be our big topic over the summer of just the concept of what does make or break mean and what this season means for Justin Fields and, more importantly, the Bears franchise moving forward. Because, yeah, you're right. I mean, I think last year it was very fair. You know, when we use the word excuse, it can be used derogatorily. But I do think that last year – you know, we didn't really have a great offensive line. We damn sure didn't have any wide receiver weapons, Corey. We know that for yeah. a fact, right? So the fact that you go out and get DJ Moore, you do have Chase Claypool. Let's see what happens. We will talk about Tyler Scott in a second. You add to the offensive line a little bit. You know, those excuses are out the window a little bit, and now it's time to roll offensively, and that's what I like yep. to see, especially with this draft and what the Bears have done this offseason. Let's move over to day two. Um, Corey, I- I'm dying to get your take on this because – I did get an opportunity. I popped into the CHGO Live a little bit for a couple of the picks. I specifically hopped into day two um, when the D-tackles started flying off the board. And I just want to get your take. You know, you're you're a defensive lineman uh, by trade. You're a defensive end, more importantly, by trade. And they went predominantly inside, and they took a couple swings at the bat. Now, on day two, they took Jervon Dexter Sr., they took a cornerback that they traded up from 61 to 56 to take Tyreek Stevenson. Yep. And then they took Zach Pickens with their last pick in yep. the second round. Um, or excuse me, the first pick in the third round. So, you know, what was your take on that? I mean, I, I noticed that in the moment um, they weren't necessarily the guys that you wanted them to target yep. at that particular time. But as the as the days have kind of rolled over, the more tape that you watch, 
uh, kind of breakdown. Let's just start yeah. with Dexter and Zach Pickens and, you know, what the differences and similarities are between the two players. Exactly. So Jervon Dexter, absolute freak of nature, right? He's 6'6", about 318. Uh, he ran a 4'8". His athleticism is unreal. He has strength, length, uh, and that's kind of a common theme that Poles and Eberflus are looking for. So I, I see it. When I see the tape, I see the length, I see the strength there. Uh, the one thing that kind of handcuffed him a little bit was the scheme at Florida, right? They were mm. they were almost a two-gap uh, read-and-react scheme. Um, the, the one thing that I didn't like initially when, when they drafted him was the fact that this is a Tampa 2 attacking style, and he goes from a read-and-react defense where um, wasn't getting off the football, the get-off wasn't there. I was um, going to say, the get-off probably bums you out, Corey, right? Because exactly even like, when I watch it, I'm kind of like, ooh, that's a little yeah. slow, yeah. So, so me, me and Adam Hogue today broke down both of these guys, and he was the last person off the ball every time. And, mm. you know, in this league, you, you cannot rely on your strength. You cannot rely on your athleticism if you're not getting off the football, right? So the scheme and his coaching staff letting that creep in, I'm, I'm going to blame it on that. But, um, you know, when, when I look at him, his strength is there. His length is there. I, we watched the Kentucky game against Will Levis, and opening play, sec, second play of the game, uh, he, he has a, a move across the center, reacts back, shows his athleticism, brings Will Levis down for a sack. Another play where it looks like he's going to get washed down uh, and has unbelievable balance and recovery to get his hat back in the crack and then make the play for a tackle for loss. So I see everything they, they have in him, right? The, the strength is there. The athleticism is there. The one thing, uh, I just don't know how this is going to transition. This is more of a project for me. Um, it could pan out. But the thing is, when I look at defensive linemen, I like to see the get off, whether you're in a read and react or an attacking style, you still got to get off the football when it's snapped. And there's too many times Will Levis had the ball in his hand in the shotgun and he wasn't even getting off the ball. So if they can work on that with him, right, this this is not going to be, a, you know, this was built overnight with him. It's going to take some time for him to to trust the attacking style. But I think if he can get it. He would be my favorite pick because I think the floor is there for him. The ceiling, rather, um, is is there. And I think he could be a dynamic player. And I look at Eberflus coaching DeForest Buckner a couple of years ago, has that similar length and size. And Dexter, I think, is a little bit quicker than, than Buckner, in my opinion. So I think once he can get it down, if he can get that attack, attacking style and trust it, that get off sets everything. Because there's a bunch of times where he's close to the quarterback, and it's only because he didn't get off the ball. But at this level, you cannot do that and be successful. Yeah, uh, Corey, I just really want to hammer this home because I, I've learned this from you over the years when we definitely talk about the Tampa 2 style, that when you talk about get-off and why it's so important, especially from the defensive tackle position, is you always talk about penetration is the most important thing, especially then for the defensive lines to have that space to kind of go, go to work on the outside. So in your opinion, you know, the physical traits are there. And as we learn throughout the theme of this draft, I feel like that the bears have a type, right? If they're, if they're dating, Tall, if they're on the, long. if they're on Tinder, <laughs> if they're on Tinder, yeah. they got a type Corey, you know what I mean? So uh, he fits that bill for sure, but it is going to be really important. And do you feel like that they kind of, they took a gamble on a guy's physical traits and his ceiling, but do you also kind of feel like that's the reason why they double dipped and went with Zach Pickens uh, just, you know, eight or nine picks later. Yeah, I think Zach uh, Pickens is a little bit more polished for sure. He's used to the attacking style. Um, still, still the get off for me at times was a little bit slower, but definitely oh. better um, than than uh, Dexter. So the thing when I when I look at uh, Pickens, he's he's a little bit more stout in the running game, uh, and he's a little bit more active with his hands and pass rush. So 
I, I liked what I saw, but I think both of these guys are a little bit more of projects for, I think, I think um, Pickens projects more as, as a nose, in my opinion. And I think mm. uh, Dexter is more of a three technique, but they said they, they'll utilize them in both roles. They've shown that they can play both, but uh, you know, I think the, the ceiling is definitely higher for Dexter than Pickens. So in my opinion, the bears didn't address the defensive line position, especially at end. They didn't, they didn't, address that at all right there was a couple talented guys that i would have liked to see them um you know uh hall uh from auburn he was available in in the second round and, and in my opinion i had a first round grade on him uh you traded up for for stevenson why not trade up for for someone like hall um i i thought the because essentially right now we have demarcus walker to play the left side right in base downs and then uh, Gibson Billings, or Green. Billings, right? Is on yeah. the inside, right? Billings is yeah, an inside Billings guy. on the inside, but yeah. as the right end, it's either Green that we that we just signed or Gibson at this point. So the the options are very slim. And Walker, it worries me a little bit because he's a guy that really had a breakout season last year, kind of similar to Travis Gibson a couple of years ago. And Travis Gibson this year didn't match that production. So you're betting on someone that's essentially had one year. Um, if it works out, it's going to be great. But Still need more options, and I know there's some free agents. Uh, Frank, Frank Clark is still available. Uh, that could be an option for a one-year deal. Um, you know, I think he wants a little bit more than he's worth because during the regular season, he's been up and down, right? In the playoffs, that's where he really shines. So I think he's <laughs> saying, hey, my value is there. But thing is, you got to produce all year long. So it'd be interesting to see if they uh, bring in someone like Frank Clark because we really need two more defensive ends, in my opinion. Yeah, I look, I guess we can kind of get into it right now there. I understand. I think the philosophy of what they're trying to do and look, we're just going to have to try and live with it for a little while is I think they're just trying to get as many bodies as they can to probably keep as people as fresh as they can on the field so that they're giving 110% when we rotate guys in and out. Look, does the it takes a village mentality really work long term 17 games over the course of a season? Um, I'll be honest with you, man. I'm not so sure. And I do, and and look, the fact that they didn't address it, and Ryan Poles, to be very fair, Bears fans, he did say in his press conference afterwards, he used the terms flexibility, financially, and outside the organization multiple different times. So I do think that they're going to look um, at that particular area because, man, they, they need to bring in a professional, right? Because exactly. as you mentioned with Demarcus Walker, when you put so much on a guy's plate after having kind of a an upstart year, and honestly, you take on more staffs, more responsibility. You know, is he ready to be up for that challenge? I have my doubts a little bit right now. We'll see, right? But I do think, you know, Frank Clark, I know we are. it's already on Twitter right now. I just want to get your take really quick on Javian Clowney. Um, One-year prove-it deal. Obviously, physical traits totally check the box right there. But play style, Corey, just let us know, is Javian Clowney a possible fit for the Chicago Bears on a one-year deal? Yeah, I think he could be a fit for sure. Um, you know, the, the pass rush is there. Uh, the the effort is there. So I wouldn't mind it, especially just to give you an option. Uh, he's yeah. a guy that's played a lot of games. Uh, he's been a starter for for a lot of years. He's he's a veteran leadership, and he can help mentor these younger guys as well. So it'll be interesting to see. The, the one thing that I think Poles and Eberflus are on the same page, I think they got big tackles because they're focused on stuffing the run because they look at last year and – we talked about every week. What was the, what was the keys? Stop the Stop run. Stop the run. Afterwards, <laughs> oh, they gashed us for five five yards of carry, six yards of carry. So I think the the one great thing about it is they're going to be able to stop the run. That's what they're putting the emphasis on. And you know, I would have liked 
you know, some, some pass rushers, uh, you know, especially some guys like Hall, like I talked about, uh, Benton uh, from Wisconsin and three technique. I really liked him as well. Um, so <laughs> the one thing they're going to stop the run. So we'll see, we'll see when it comes down to third down, who's going to be the guy They might have to dial up blitzes and all that. Uh, cause they have a talented linebacking core, uh, that are very athletic. So I think a lot of the pressure is going to be coming from a lot of these linebackers blitzing, but if you could stop the run, think about how much better this defense would be as a whole. Uh, I think it'll be night and day difference from next year. And then, and then maybe the following year, that's when they really focus on the, on the blue chip defensive ends. Yeah. And I think you've mentioned this before too, as well, when you stop the run early on and you get into the down and distance of the third and six, seven and eight, that's when you can pin your ears back and let the defensive ends and guys really get after the quarterback. It kind of works hand in hand that way. Uh, real quick. I just want to get your quick thoughts on Tyreek Stevenson. Bears traded up. They traded a fourth-round pick to move up from 61 to 56. Yeah. Look, I don't know a lot about Tyreek Stevenson, so I'm here to learn from you. Yep. I, I I will say, though, that like there were a couple things that kind of had me – I don't know. I'm just kind of questioning a couple of things really quick. Obviously, yep. physical traits, checks all the boxes. They talk about his physicality. Yep. Um, and when I hear that from a young cornerback, especially taken – in rounds two or three, I get a little worried, right? I would rather yeah. hear them talk about coverage skills. When I hear physicality from a young player, I often kind of think penalties early on yep. in his career. So can you talk a little bit about Stevenson? Yeah, no, he's really physical. And it seems like a common theme. A lot of these guys that got drafted uh, were, were on Luke Getze's uh, squad. During Senior the, Bowl, right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Pickens was on there. Um, Wright was there as well. So Stevenson was as well. Um, I really think he had first round talent like he's he is a shutdown corner he's very physical he's had some off the field issues um I, I think they feel confident that he's kind of grown up and matured a little bit um but really really a shutdown corner and the great part is he can play the outside and now um uh Kyle Gordon can, uh, uh, yeah, Kyle Gordon, Gordon I said Fuller slot. uh yeah can play can play <laughs> the slot <laughs> so I think I think that'll be the great part because towards the end of the season he really flourished in that role covering the slot so it's going to take the pressure off him so yeah my thing is I'm I'm okay with a gamble on, you know, a second round pick here or there for some character concerns. I, they did their due diligence and I feel like they feel good about him. So I, I like the pick in there. I don't have any problem. The one thing I kind of questioned was the project in the second round with, uh, with, with Dexter. Um, it's just, mm. it's just not really a fit. He hasn't been in that scheme. It could pan out. He has all the athleticism and the tools. So I guess we just got to trust the coaching staff with this one to get the best out of him. But in a in a scheme where you have a need for that dominant three technique, a guy that's ready to go, I thought there were some other options that were there that would be a better fit. Yeah, so day one was very workmanlike, right? We all shook our hands and said, look, we yeah. did what we needed to do. Exactly. Uh, day two, I think it's very fair to say, I think it had some people scratching their heads a little bit. So let's yeah. move on to day three, Corey, because yeah. day three actually got me really excited. Yeah. Um, let's start with wherever you want, man. We can start yeah. with uh, we can start with Roshan Johnson. We can start yeah, with Tyler him. Scott. We can start Travis Bell, uh, you know, no, uh, no, Sewell, whatever you want to do. Uh, day three was fun for me. Yeah, Let, let's go with Roshan Johnson. I mean, obviously, uh, you know, he was overshadowed by Bijan Robinson, um, you know, talented back that he was behind. But he's the change of pace back, right? He's very physical. He's strong. You know, a lot of people are throwing comparisons out there to Derrick Henry, you know, the way he is running style. He's very oh, physical, wow. um, you know, not quite as big as Derrick Henry, but a bigger back. Um, you're really tough to bring down. 
And I feel like he didn't really get the chance to shine like he would have if he was at another university. Obviously, Bijan was one of the best backs in the game this season. So, you know, top 10 pick at running back for the first time. But I really like the value in here. Montgomery's gone. Now you have the bruiser in here. They can get the short yardage. He can catch the ball out of the backfield as well. And really good in pass protection. That's something the Bears were looking to fill with yes. David Montgomery gone. Yeah, I, I really like the pick. A little background on him, which is fun, is that you know he started off as a quarterback. They had some injuries at the running back position, and the dude said, hey, I'll move to running back. How many quarterbacks honestly move to running back like that? I think it just speaks to who he is possibly as a teammate. Bijan Robinson speaks so highly of him as saying he's one of the best teammates that he's ever had. He'll willingly play special teams, as you said, willingly go into pass pro, get those tough, hard yards that I think we really need. And look, Deontay Foreman last year had 914 rushing yards. It was a career year for him, but he has battled injuries. He battled one specific injury that was really, really devastating to his career, and he didn't make it his way, didn't make his way back. Congratulations. That's awesome. But I do think this is the kind of insurance that we need. And I do feel like, Corey, is this the kind of player that I think the Bears are going to kind of fall in love with? Bears fans will fall in love with. Special teams guy, doing all the little stuff, great teammate. Um, and hopefully maybe he's a guy that I don't know how to project him moving forward, but I do think he yeah. can have a role on this team for several years to come. Yeah, I think they're looking for someone like David Montgomery that's younger, that's a little bit cheaper. Um, so I think that's why they parted <laughs> ways with David Montgomery. Um, yeah, I, I think he's a little bit faster than David Montgomery. So I think you're going to get a little more speed, but the, but the same type of character, you know, guys going to go down every day, come to work, get, catch the ball in the backfield, can block, give you those short yardage, um, breaks a lot of tackles. And, and is a guy with high character. So I think that's what that's what the trend of the Bears are. I know Stevenson was kind of, but he did have first round talent. So I understand why they kind of pulled the trigger on them, you know, because uh, it, it's always hard to find good defensive backs. But uh, I really like Roshan Johnson. And I think he hasn't even scratched the surface of what he can be because he hasn't got the carries like some of these other backs that are coming out. Yeah, walking out of the lot, there's no miles on the odometer, right? Which, yep. you know, for a lot of people think is a, is a positive, and he's definitely going to be able to help us out, I think, right away, which is great to start off your day three with a guy that could possibly be a contributor on this next season's team. Uh, let's move on. Uh, we double-dipped a little bit, got more weapons for Justin Fields on yeah. offense, picked up Tyler Scott. Um, I, I'll tell you, I was watching it with my, my friend Dave. You know, we had our, kind of our pet picks, our favorite guys. This was one of his favorite guys, and yeah. he wanted us to take him day two. And we were ended up getting him in day three. Talk a little bit about why you like Taylor, Tyler Scott. Oh, he, he might be the biggest steal in this draft, I think. Honestly, like uh, watching his tape is unbelievable. His speed, his fluidity, his route running ability, uh, yards after the catch. I mean, super explosive. He's had over 14 touchdowns the past two seasons. Um, when you talk about how the Bears fit, right, DJ Moore can run. But this is the burner in Tyler Scott that you need, the playmaker that's going to be there. He's going to compliment guys like Darnell Mooney, Chase Claypool. Uh, it's always good to have good receivers, especially when Mooney and Claypool, uh, essentially, we, we got to make a decision on them next year. Their contract's up, so you can never get enough good receivers. And a lot of people were saying he was going to go in the second to third round. Um, absolute burner. I mean, he plays – his game speed is faster than he ran. He ran a 4-3-9, and I, on the field, honestly, he looks – he looks like low four threes, potentially even four two. I mean, he flies. Nobody can catch him. Just super smooth. So I think his ceiling is, I mean, he hasn't even scratched the surface of what he can be. So I think this is a great value pick for the Bears here. And when we're talking about some of the plays that Luke Getze tried to run last year in the Bears offense, and I'm sure they're going to try and evolve that and change it this year. You know, you did see a little bit of that end around action with Valus Jones. 
just really quick first blush does this kind of put Valus Jones a little bit on notice in terms of is he kind of on the bubble now already as a third round pick and obviously Tyler Scott's gonna be a guy that's gonna try and push him in area because they're both speed guys yeah. right I mean yep. this is yeah, so I, 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 yeah, I think I think Tyler Scott uh, is definitely I think a little bit faster than him, and his route running is is better than Valus Jones. So this is a huge year for Valus Jones. You know, sometimes when when the pressure's on you, this brings the best out in you. So this could be a year where he really comes in his own because he was he was in a doghouse for a while, dropping punts, and then you know at dropping a couple things here or there. You know, route running was questionable at times. So this is a big off season for him, especially with Tyler Scott, who they have to feel great about getting a guy that you know, was slated for day two, you know, in, the, in that third day. So I guess we'll see, right? Competition uh, brings the best out of everybody. So I, I love the fact that they're bringing more competition to the wide receiver room. Um, and it's going to make everybody better from Claypool to Mooney to DJ Moore and company. Anytime you can get Justin Fields more options, it's a great thing. So, you know, you got Roshan Johnson, you got Tyler Scott, you went out and got DJ Moore, you got the offensive line. Joey, I'd, I'd really be surprised if Justin Fields doesn't have his breakout season this year where, where everyone's talking to him, a kind of Jalen Hurts-esque type of season. I'm so glad they added a wide receiver, to be honest with you, because, you know, you're looking at the room and it's improved, right? But, you know, as we know, 17-game season, injuries happen. If a guy like DJ Moore goes down, if a guy like Darnell Mooney maybe doesn't come back from that ankle surgery as quick as we want to, in my opinion, it would just get really thin really quick. So I'm glad that they added to the room. And look, I know that the Riley Ridleys and the Daz Newsoms of the Ryan Pace past, um, you know, we can always kind of, you know, maybe walk into Tyler Scott with a little bit of skepticism, but I do like the speed. I do like another weapon. And as you mentioned, just really quick, man, the versatility all of a sudden is night and day from last year, right? And exactly. we can start with the DJ Moore, but can always matriculate all the way down to a Robert Tunyon, to a Deontay Foreman, to now a Roshan Johnson. You know, we haven't even really seen Chase Claypool might as well be a draft pick, dude, because last exactly. year we didn't really see anything from him at yeah. all other than maybe, you know, 10 to 15 snaps a game. So they've done a nice job of just kind of fortifying and really building up the depth and the quality level on the offensive side of the ball. And I really like it a whole lot. I, I love it. And, you know, a big thing that we were talking about on CHGO was some people didn't like the uh, idea of getting Claypool for trading for that second round pick, uh, the first first pick of that second round. Um, but, you know, the thing is, right, I, I think this season Claypool will really have a good season, right, because the pressure's off him. When he came there, he's learning this new scheme. They're expecting him to be a number one because they're like, oh, he has the size, he has the speed, he has strength. Um he really flourishes when he's not the main option. And, and that's evident in for the Steelers. His first year, he had arguably one of his best seasons, right? The quarterback he's situation. The third guy. Yeah, yep. he was the third guy, right? He had almost 1,000 yards receiving. I think he had eight touchdowns, the red zone threat. So that's where I expect for him this year. I said that, you know, anywhere from eight to 900 yards receiving and really make his hay in that red zone. So that's what I expect for him. Uh, you know, if he could put everything together, maybe eventually he could be a number two or – I, I still don't think he's a number one, but, you know, I think the pressure off him, that's going to be a good thing. And not only that, look at Darnell Mooney a couple of years ago when Allen Robinson was the number one. He didn't put up the numbers, Allen Robinson, like we thought. But what did it do? It took the pressure off Darnell Mooney. He went for over a thousand two years ago. So I think both of them and then Tyler Scott as well is going to benefit from having DJ Moore, that presence of him as that true number one receiver. Yeah, two big things with me with Claypool heading into the year that I don't think that we can just predict right now is that I – he needs to get into the offense and really soak it up because where I think he's going to be valuable is when that play breaks down 
and Justin is now outside of the pocket and he's dangerous, right? And I think mm -hmm. Chase Claypool with his size getting into space, I think that's where he can definitely make some plays. I hope the wide receiver group kind of gets with him a little bit and sort of helps him with the angle of his body when he goes up to try and catch a ball. Like he never goes straight up. Have you ever noticed he kind of like goes yeah, up at an angle exactly. and then falls down on his back and he's, you yep. know, maybe try and clean that up a little bit. And then you mentioned it, Corey, the touchdowns, right? I mean, a successful season. I'm not looking at receiving yards, Corey. I don't know about you. I'm looking at touchdowns. And if he gets into that, I don't know, five to that eight area that he did with Pittsburgh, that's a good player. I mean, I, I think that's a win. And then you can look at that trade a little bit differently and say that, you know what, it was worth the gamble, the risk, whatever you want to call it. And it's definitely going to try and help out Justin Fields. Exactly. There's three guys that I'm really looking forward to seeing what they can do production-wise in the red zone, right? That's Chase Claypool, that's Cole Komet, and that's Robert Tanya in the red zone because those are going to be the key features in that red zone, we talked about the Bears really struggling last year in the red zone. These big guys really really have to come alive in the red zone. It's going to take the pressure off Justin Fields and company. And we were so run heavy in the red zone. You have to pass the ball to get in the end zone. And especially those two tight ends, you got a big receiver in Claypool. I saw him down at the waste management. And Joey, he looks like a defensive end. He's a big guy, almost 6'5", probably about 250 in the offseason. And not an ounce of body fat on him. Like, there's no reason why he should not be arguably one of the most dominant red zone threats. I mean, he has all the tools in there. It's about putting it together. The pressure will be off him. And I think this is a huge season for him. Either way, whether the Bears sign him or somebody else, he's trying to get paid. And yeah. what better a place with Justin Fields, the other pieces to the, DJ Moore attracting some attention. You got a good running game. You got balance in there. So I think this could be a really good season for him. And like you said, in the red zone, that's really where he's going to make his stride. Yeah, few Bears are more incentivized to show out next year than Chase Claypool. So everyone just keep that in mind as we head into the season next year. Um, Corey, you know, they, they made a couple more picks. The, they picked up the linebacker, Sewell. Uh, they grabbed uh, another guy on the defensive line, um, Davis, who had a really interesting story. I don't know if you heard Ryan Poles. The guy was working a full-time job and yeah. also going to school and playing football at the same time, something that Ryan Poles really appreciated. I don't know, it kind of just makes you think what happens if he plays football full-time. Um, exactly. But again, these are kind of, these are guys that are supposed to play roles and hopefully be contributors. So I want to get to the, the totality of this before we get out of here. So before I get your grade on the draft, mm -hmm. my question for you is we had 10 picks in this draft. Yeah. And so for Chicago Bears fans to kind of try and keep an eye on what to expect um, heading into the next year, what would you say the number is in terms of per draft? If you're the general manager, Corey, you know, how many, if you had 10 picks every year, how many of those guys do you think realistically should be contributors and or starters out of those 10 heading into next year. What is a realistic expectation? So I, I think at least five to six, in my opinion, whether wow. it's special teams, uh, some kind of role, right? Active in the game, right? So I could potentially uh, see Sewell maybe vying for that Sam spot, right? The big physical guy. Um it seems like, you know, everybody's so high on Jack Sanborn, all of a sudden, you know, him and him and Sanborn competing for that Sam spot. And if it doesn't work out for him, I know he'll play special teams. He, ha he has that motor. He has that energy. He's a big guy that can run. Um, Stevenson, I think, will be a starter, um, you know, at the outside corner position. Uh, obviously, we know Darnell Wright will be a day one starter. Um, Dexter, it, it just depends him and Pickens how what other needs they feel, but one of them is probably going to be a starter. Um, yeah. And then Tyler Scott, I think he'll have a chance to start out of the slot potentially, um, depending on what it is. 
And then, yeah, one, one of the later picks, you know, there'll probably be somebody that really comes alive and is, is potentially a starter. Um, so I think Sewell could have a chance for that. Um, I really, I really like his energy. I like his size. Um, yeah, well, that, that would, that would be kind of crazy, you know, cause everyone's so high on Jack Sanborn. We go out and get two linebackers and then all of a sudden we draft. draft Sewell. A third. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Who, who can play, you know, he's, he's not a slouch by any means. So um, you know, Sanborn's uh, position is not guaranteed. So I, I think Sewell has some value in there. I, I wouldn't be surprised if he, he competed against Sanborn and, uh, you know, got a legit shot, uh, to, to start. And just like a tiny little bit with TJ Edwards, just like a little bit, right. They didn't put a ton of money into him. Mm. He was a guy who benefited from a great Eagles defense guy who's around the football a lot. I think they want to see that again and great. You know, obviously, depth is always going to be important moving forward. I mean, I love to hear that. My guess was going to be like three to four. Um, yeah. And my from my estimation, too, I think the Dexter Pickens double tap is just kind of like, hey, one of these guys, right, needs to probably. To there's going to be an iron shop and sharpens iron, and one of these guys is going to win out on that job, and we're going to move forward with them, and hopefully that works out. Um, so that's great to hear. So, uh, Corey, I think it's time, man. Um, do you have a grade? Everyone's throwing out grades. Yeah. Uh, for NFL drafts, it's one of those uh, traditions that's tried and true. So right here, I'm yeah. believing Bears. What is your grade for the Bears 2023 NFL draft? I'm going to give them a B minus, right? Um, Me too. Really, Damn. Yeah. Really, really like the first pick. Um, the two two defensive linemen. Uh, it's big question marks, right? This could pan out and be a great thing, right? Dexter has all the athleticism and tools. He hasn't been a part of this scheme, so it's kind of a crapshoot and a gamble, just like any other pick but he doesn't have the the scheme familiarity. So I think out of all the ones, he could be the best one out of all the defensive linemen they picked because the upside is there. Uh, he was kind of in a, in a weird scheme. Um, I love, I like the cornerback position in Stevenson. I think he's going to be a day one starter. Uh, love Roshan Johnson. I feel like he hasn't even scratched the surface of, of what he can be. Uh, he was sitting behind B. John Robinson. Love the Tyler Scott pick and, and the Sewell pick as well. Um, Tyler Scott, I, I really think he's going to be a game breaker once he can really develop as a receiver. Um, so smooth, so fluid. Route running is really good. So Bear, Bears haven't had that game-breaking receiver in a while. Um, it, it's been fun to watch him over the past couple of years at Cincinnati. Um, the, the, the reason why I'm giving him a B must, B minus is because they didn't address the defensive end position. That's something that's lacking. Um, so for me, I would have liked at least one dominant defensive end, a guy that can give you, you know, anywhere from eight to 10 sacks, uh, somewhere in that range, maybe seven. Um, you just don't have that. Uh, the run game is going to be a lot better this year defensively, uh, being able to stop the run. But I think we're going to have to dial it up with the talented linebackers. I think they're probably going to generate most of the pressure in there because um, Walker playing the end, he's going to kick in inside in pass rush situations. I'm also going with a B minus two as well, Corey. Um, and look, it's an 83, right? It's not an 81. Mm -hmm. Okay. So mm -hmm. it's very, very close, I think, to a B. But, you know, as you mentioned, you know, and a lot of people like to throw it out there, you know, that they couldn't fix everything in one offseason. I totally agree. Um, and they definitely tried, right? They tried to spend some money at the defensive tackle position. Let's be honest, they kind of struck out for the second year in a row. And now they're going towards the draft. My issue is exactly kind of in line with what you're saying, where I think the two guys that we got look more like contributors than possible pieces that can be have the potential to become these stars. Um, and that's really what you kind of wanted to focus on. And, and my issue right now is as it stands, you know, you walk out of this draft, you're not going to fill every single need in the world, but the Bears defensive line got better, right? But mm -hmm. let's be honest, 
They had 20 sacks last year, lowest in the NFL. They gave up the most rushing yards last year. They're definitely a 30. If they're not the 32nd ranked defensive line, they are damn close. And in my opinion, Corey, I think they only got like, if they got better, right? Well, what does that mean? I feel like that they're still maybe the 27th or 28th ranked, right? Yeah. And I think that, you know, we're about a top 20 offense and hopefully we move that up a little bit. So you want to have a world where like, you don't have to be the best at anything, but you want something kind of in the middle of the pack in both areas. And then you're a successful football team. So if we're still 27, 28th, man, that doesn't really move the needle for me a little bit. And the curious thing, and I want to get your take on this is we're talking a lot about Justin Fields. Um, I, I am telling you, this is a little preview uh, for the summer and training camp moving forward is that I, I do think it is time for us to start to assess Matt Eberflus mm-hmm. um, a little bit more closely. Yep. And I, I do think we've got some great, co- great coaches on the staff right now, but as we've kind of talked about what we're kind of getting at is that, you know, they're drafting guys for these physical traits. You're talking about scheme familiarity. This all goes back to coaching, right? Corey, mm-hmm. these coaches have to get their hands on these players and really have to mold them and they have to coach yeah. them up. And whether these guys succeed or not may have a little bit to do with some of that coaching. It's now in their lap just as much as it is the player's lap. So I'm really curious to see how that kind of plays out. And I'm telling you right now, um, mandate, 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 mandate. They got to go out. They got to get some vet help on the defensive yep. line. 100%. 100%. And if they don't do that, Corey, I'm telling you, man, we're in trouble. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, uh, we're, we're in trouble, dude. Yeah, I, I think the thing that you, I think the, the the rush defense will be a lot better. I think it'll be leaps and bounds above uh, next year. But I think the pass rush, as far as the defensive line, I think it's going to be slightly better. So you had said twenty or twenty one sacks. Um, only seven of those were from the defensive line a year ago. So yeah, and, and who led uh, the team in sacks, Corey? Jaquan Brisker, baby. Yeah, <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah. It's never a good thing when you're when you're when your safety uh, leads the team in sacks. You look at a lot of teams. Uh, <laughs> Philly had four guys with double digits. So uh, yeah, we definitely have to improve on that. So I think the rush defense will improve. I think the same thing. I think majority of the sacks will be from blitzers. Uh, you know, whether it's a Jaquan Brisker again or a linebacker, uh, we got a talented group of linebackers. I think that's kind of going to be the MO of, of the Bears uh, defense. It's always good when you get pressure with the front four and the Tampa two. That's how it really thrives. So I guess I'm just really questioning their plan as far as not adding defensive ends uh, to, to this system. Yeah, and it just sort of also speaks just a little bit to general manager Ryan Poles where he's feeling like they are right now as an organization and in this rebuild. Exactly. And I know we all kind of, and as a Bears fan, look, man, I kind of want it now. And it's it's not fair. It's really not. So you can kind of see him being like, you know, we're just going to keep taking these guys with these physical traits that we like, that we think that are coachable, and keep trying to build this thing, take some more swings at the bat, and see if a couple of these guys can pop. Um, but again, I do think just because you do that in the draft, and this works for any sport, I'm telling you, like we see this with the Chicago Cubs where we're like, we're just going to play the kids. We're not going to sign any veterans. Like you can do two things at the same time. And I think this type of draft that they just had also now mandates and precipitates them using a little bit of that salary cap to find some one-year deals with some veteran professionals to not only teach the young kids, but go out there and give us a little bit of production on the ends because man, we're going to need it. We need it. Just, we need a bigger bump than what we have right now to hopefully get to that point where we're competing for a wild card spot, or at least competing for, Hey, Justin Fields is our guy. Exactly. Two guys, two guys to keep in mind and see how it how it uh, moves along in the offseason is Frank Clark and Yannick Ngoku. 
I think those are two guys that you got to take a look at. And people say, well, Yannick, you know, he doesn't play that well against the run. I don't care. Put him in situational uh, pass rush situations, right? He's averaged seven and a half sacks a year throughout his career. You know, he's had double digits a few times. So he's a guy that can get to the passer. Frank Clark, I think if he's really on, he could he could vie for almost double digits. He's usually in that, you know, anywhere from six to eight range, which would be an improvement from last year. He's a veteran guy. Um, he's looking to get paid the following year. So you got options there. So those are two guys that I would look at, um, you know, definitely into into the summer camp and and see if you can get them on on the squad. Yeah, today's episode of Believe in Bears is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. BetOnline use promo code Believe B L E A V to get fifty percent welcome bonus on your first deposit. With the NHL playoffs going on right now, the Bruins just got bounced. Corey, I mean, real quick, I want to get your take. Warriors, Lakers, man. I yeah. mean, I, it's not the shiniest thing, but man, what better second round matchup than Steph and LeBron one more time butting heads going at it? You oh, gotta check it out at BetOnline.ag. Are you ready? I know. I can't wait, man. It's gonna be awesome. Oh, it's going to be so good. I mean, the second round, um, this is one of the better second rounds, I think, that we've seen in the NBA in, in quite some time. I'm super excited about it. So go on over to betonline.ag. Uh, my name is Joey Christopoulos. You can follow me at Joey Sports Guy. Thank you so much for tuning in on the Believe Podcast Network, listening to us on Sirius XM right here on YouTube. Comment question below on Sports Talk Chicago. We're so happy to be here presenting our show with them. Corey, man, great episode, man. You've had a long weekend, dude. So just yeah. take us home and let's get you out of here. Exactly. And a great, great draft weekend. It's good to see who they finally picked and in what positions we still need to solidify going forward in the rest of this offseason. So looking forward to it. You know, we'll have some pods kind of breaking down uh, potential spots for Dexter or Pickens, you know, where they project. And uh, we'll see how the competition between Sewell and maybe Jackson Bourne and Tyler Scott and the receiver mix, as well as Roshan Johnson. Uh, we'll look at uh, Darnell Wright's uh, progression throughout training camp and how he fares early on and some of these preseason games. So looking forward to seeing all that. So bear, another bear season. The one great thing is they put the pieces together for Justin Fields, and that's what mattered in this season. This season was about Justin Fields. So I'm glad they put an emphasis on that. There's some other needs to fill, but at least Justin Fields is situated for this season. So looking forward to that. And we'll get we'll get on some other pods and, and, and talk in more detail about some other things as stuff unfolds in this Bears offseason. So as always, bear down. <laughs> it might not be Joe's on Weed Street, but it is Believe in Bears. Thank you so much for tuning in. We'll be back super soon. Get some rest, Corey. Uh, and anyone that's listening right now, make sure you check out his breakdowns at CHGO. Uh, Corey is one of the best in the business, man, and he has been on it since the very beginning. And definitely, we're going to want to figure out these defensive linemen and these defensive tackles moving forward. So make sure you watch Corey's action and also watch out for West End Golf Club, too. Well, bear <laughs> down. See you later. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.